Voyage. Today, on the last episode of season one, I'm talking to my best friend Leah, who is also a therapist and who knows me maybe better than I know myself. Today, we're talking about how weight can affect romantic relationships, how I didn't let her in on how my weight was affecting me, and how she really feels about me having weight loss surgery, followed by the conclusion of the decision-making process and what comes next. Let's get started. I am so excited to be here today with my very best friend in the world, Leah. Hello. Hi there. Thank you for being with me. You're welcome. So Leah and I have been besties for almost 30 years, which ages us a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It does. A long time. We are both therapists, licensed professional counselors, so we're not just best friends. We cheer each other on and do all the standard best friend things, but also like seriously, you're my therapist. And we both listen to each other in major life decisions. Mm-hmm. We push each other to grow all we the do. time. We have been through it yeah, with each other. Through everything. In a very honest way. We are so supportive and so in tune with each other's mm-hmm. needs and growth and patterns. And we do all the normal things that friends do. We go shopping, we go out to lunch, we talk about things that are very lighthearted, but also there's this more serious side. And it's not always pretty. When's the first time we really like got to know each other? Was it college? Yes. The first time I feel like I met you was in the dorm at LSU. Oh, yeah. Your best friend was my cousin and she was my roommate. We were literally like yeah, two doors, two doors, doors away. Yeah. But I have this memory and I can see it in my mind's eye. This moment. <laughs> bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you were standing in the dorm and you had on a long, flowy maroon skirt and a white top and Birkenstocks. With my hippie soul. Exactly. This <laughs> is like shining through. With my Monty Python and Beatles posters. And I remember just like walking in the room and having this sensation of like, I want to be that girl's friend. (laughs) Like, look at her. Like, I think you were telling our friend something and I was just standing there listening and just like I often feel even now like, oh, like I like some of what she's got, you know, (laughs) and then we went on through college. I was really wrapped up at that point in my boyfriend. So I was really focused on that. You had some things going on in your life. So we didn't really connect at that point. We did not. We were brought together again for my cousin, your best friend, her wedding. I was like, this is it. We are going to be friends. And I literally pursued you for like the next five years. Yes, (laughs) because I'm just a little content as an individual and I'm okay with not letting tons of people in. That's like a really nice way to say that you're a little closed off. (laughs) What? Yeah, totally. You're just very cautious about people. You are. You're very content with yourself. I was just really persistent with you. You were very open. In my book, see, that was very quickly. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're hilarious. That was quick. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Like, literally, I think it took about five years for me to prove myself to you with total consistency and compassion and fun and being there. That's so funny. You thought that was quick. Yeah. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. It was so not quick. (laughs) It was to me. And once I was in, though, I was really in. Yes. And I will do the work. 
to make sure that this friendship is sustained. Right. And I've so appreciated that you've done the same. We still talk every single day and make that effort. That's right. Okay. So we are here to talk about whether or not I should have bariatric surgery. When you first said that you were thinking about doing it, I felt very hesitant. I felt very worried. I really had a lot of reservations. I tend to make your head spin with how fast I make major life decisions. But on this, I've been waffling back and forth, thinking it over for a year. At this point, I'm very glad that that's the way that this has happened. Yeah. It speaks to how monumental of a decision this is. In preparation for this conversation, I sort of interviewed the squirrels, right? My friend group from high school, we're all still together. That's been 30 plus years. I asked them how they think my weight affected our friendship or if it did. I wanted to introduce some of their thoughts into the conversation so you could hear what they had to say. And I also wanted to know if you had any similar thoughts. The big key thing that I took away from their comments was that we never talked about it. They felt like it was sort of the elephant in the room. They knew that I was in pain. They knew that there were things that they could do that I couldn't do. One major thing that they all said in different ways was that they had to be careful about things that they said. They knew that it was hurtful if they said things like, oh my God, I've gained weight or I need to stop eating or I feel so fat. If they got on a topic of like, oh, that outfit is cute. Where did you get it? And then they're talking about where they shop. They felt bad. They would try to curtail those conversations because they knew that I couldn't access those stores. Wherever that cute shirt came from is not a place Joy can shop. And when you think about for 30 years having to filter themselves to be careful what they say, that's really a barrier to closeness. And when they saw my hundred reasons to lose over a hundred pounds that have nothing to do with beauty standards or diet culture that I posted on social media, they were shocked about a lot of the experiences and limitations that were on my life. After hearing all this from them, it makes me wonder, what has your experience been? Has that been a barrier between us? When you did the series, I was shocked how many things I didn't know, how many things that we hadn't talked about. When you feel like there's someone that you talk with about everything, yeah. and then they have this whole part of their life that is not up for discussion, it was shocking. Yeah. It made me sad because I didn't realize, even as a therapist and your best friend, it's not like you march up to someone and say, I'd like to discuss you losing 200 pounds because it's... <laughs> It's going to be to your benefit. How do you feel about that? <laughs> that probably wouldn't just, have gone over very well. Guaranteed. But I was shocked at yeah, your series. At hearing those mm -hmm. things that I was experiencing. Those hundred reasons to lose over a hundred pounds were, I mean, they were shocking to me. I'll be honest. I had mm -hmm. never really let myself sit and think about the ways that being 337 pounds was impacting my life. I'm like a can do where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. And so I was never dwelling on how is my size holding me back? But I think that was also a mechanism to keep me the size that I was. Anytime I would sit and think about the risks to my health or if any thought occurred to me about how my size was limiting my life, that would be just like cue the cupcake cravings. 
And so it wasn't until I started this whole self-love journey and figuring out how to take care of myself and heal my codependency and figure out how to soothe myself and acknowledge my emotions without eating over them that I began to be willing to look at my relationship with food and what that extra weight was doing to my life. You're not just continuing to avoid the problem. You're not going to keep the mute button on. You're not going to ignore it anymore. I have come up with a couple of questions for you. Okay. And I know that you have some questions for me. Yes. So let's get started. Okay. If I had done this surgery 25 years ago, where do you think I would be now? I think that you might well be in exactly the same position because the weight is not just about the weight. Nope. It's not just about the food. And I just haven't been ready to address what was underneath all of that weight. I agree. And then there's a little piece of me that wonders, maybe some of the great things you've done have been pushed by. Mm. Like you've done a lot of great things. It's been almost like proving myself and my worth to the world. Exactly. Like at 337 pounds, I decided to go back to school and get my doctorate. Partly because I was trying to establish for everyone else my value. And even for myself, I am valuable. Look, even though I'm fat, I can do this. And because when you're fat, people make assumptions about you. Like being fat is associated with being lazy. Being fat is associated with being unintelligent. Because obviously you wouldn't be fat if you understood how to do math. And you must be stupid to eat a milkshake, you know? Yeah. No, no. You can be fat and be remarkable. Being fat is not why I didn't love myself. I didn't mm. love myself and that contributed to me carrying extra weight that I wasn't willing to address. Really, I think the truth is I would have gained the weight back because I was not ready to be in the world in that body because the way that I survived the world involved coping with food. I couldn't cope with life without it. Do you think now that I can trust myself to not regain the weight. I do. You do. I do. And there is no way you could have twisted my arm to say that a year ago. Mm. I would not have said that. You know, trust takes time. So you mm. have to build that. Are you going to do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself? I know that you trust me, not just with my weight, but to take care of myself in every way. When I became single after this five-year relationship, I dipped my toe in dating for a few months and I made drastically different choices. Like I remember I met a guy I really liked and I immediately sensed based on things that he said that he might have a problem with alcohol. I know myself and I know that that will not work for me. And that's drastically different before yeah. like what stray puppy can I pick up off the side of the road and fix and help? No, no, no. I love myself too much to subject myself to someone who is not at least progressed really far in their healing. And in the past, I would like try to jam that puzzle piece into place and no matter what, like what acrobats I have to do, no matter what I have to tolerate, like I want you to fit into this spot in my life. So I am going to make this work. That's right. 
I would choose people who were broken, unhealed, dysfunctional, and then feel like if you love me enough, if I am worthy enough, then you will fix yourself and pull it together and quit drinking or quit doing this behavior that's totally unacceptable. Like, can't you just do this one thing for me because I'm worthy of it? I'm so worthwhile that you can be different for me. For me. Looking to other people to show me how worthy I am by fixing themselves. Meanwhile, I had no interest in fixing myself. Right. Like, I thought I did, but truly, I wasn't willing to look under the most important rocks that would create healing for my own self. And so, to speak to how much I can trust myself to keep the weight off now, I mean, making the radical decision to not date. I am single by choice. I'm not on any dating apps. I'm not looking for a man. I'm in a long-term committed, very loving relationship with myself. I love that. Uh, I do too. Oh gosh. I'm such a great partner. You just wouldn't believe how good I am to myself. I am purely existing to deepen my friendships, deepen my relationships with my children, just take care of myself and make myself happy and like love my life with what I've got. Right. I have never seen this. Yeah. From you. In 30 years. In 30 years. I've either been with someone who I shouldn't have been with or was single and totally miserable about it. I felt angry at the universe that all of my friends were married, had these great husbands, and where was mine? But really, I was making these choices in people that were so misguided. Let's see. I've been divorced for about 18 years. So that's a lot of Mm -hmm. single years. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I made a lot of really questionable choices when it came to picking partners or, you know, who I chose to invest in. Well, haven't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I wonder if in a 150 pound body or a size eight or 10, would I have tolerated some of the things that I tolerated from boyfriends and partners and just various encounters with men over the years? Right. I I know that some of those have been pretty painful. For sure. I feel like I subjected myself to the worst possible dating experiences because I would hear things from potential dates that should have made me hang up the phone and immediately be like, that's a no from me. And nope. I'm like, oh, where do I sign up? I think if you're born skinny, then being skinny doesn't really affect anything. But if you used to be fat and then you're skinny, there is a huge change there. A huge boost to energy, self-confidence, feeling like you can do it, feeling accepted by the world. I was never going to have that great marriage that I wanted. And now I trust the universe and what is meant for me will be mine. I don't have to go on 30,000 Tinder dates because... When the time is right for me to have a wonderful partner who is an equal partner, a romantic partner, who cares about how I feel and what I need, and who brings as much to the table as I do, when the time is right for that, I truly believe that he'll be the obvious choice. He will show up. I don't have to go searching. I can just live and be happy and make myself happy. And when the time is right, what is meant for me will be mine. And I don't have to fret like, because I have no doubt that before it's all said and done, I'm going to find this relationship that I've been dreaming of 
But right now I'm going to enjoy the heck out of where I'm at and what I have now. I'm not going to be wasting a single second longing for something that I don't have and that I can't control. But I think the proof is in the pudding. Like I've made different right. choices than I've made in the past that show that I'm different now, that I'm ready That's right. to lose the weight and keep it off. It has everything to do with valuing yourself. That's the magic of believing in myself. I believe things work out for me. I am a person that will always make the best of any situation. And now I can trust myself to do that. It makes me really excited for my future, actually. And I can't wait to see what I do. I think everybody who loves you is looking at you and saying the same thing. They cannot wait to see what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think you better be prepared. I am ready. Highly mobile joy. Highly mobile joy. Joy with energy, with confidence, with self-love, and who's light on her feet. Like, look out. It's going to be amazing. It is. And I know that you're going to be there with me every step of the way. I will be there. You've been doing such a good job of prioritizing yourself and really learning what it means to love yourself. Like the brief foray back into dating that you had done was just like quick lessons of, no, I'm going to love myself more than that. The universe put me to the test, like in quick succession. Yeah. Like here, did you really learn it? Here, try this one. Nope. Nope. Oh, you didn't want that? Okay. This one's a little bit better. Nope. Nope. Oh no. Still no. Oh, here's one that's even better. Until finally I say, me, I'm the one that's perfect for me. Yes. Yes. I am the person that I've been looking for forever. Yeah. And one day, if I have a romantic partner, they will only add to what I'm already building here. But like, I am the one. I am the one that I've been waiting for. Which I think is way bigger accomplishment than the number on the scale. Yeah. Than losing weight. Yeah. It's a lot harder. Yeah. (laughs) But it's the thing that'll let you lose weight. Yeah. They're so related. They are. I have some questions for you. Okay, I'm ready. How have other people reacted when you've told them that you wanted to have bariatric surgery? The responses from my loved ones have been all over the map. I have one friend that is so excited. Like, yes, do it. You're going to be unstoppable. Amazing, amazing. Go for it. And I had one very close loved one say, I can't believe that you can't trust yourself to not eat. And so now you're going to cut your stomach. That came out so harsh when she said it. And I know that she didn't mean to hurt me. What's underneath that is that she is terrified that I'm going to die on the operating table. I was definitely worried about the same thing. And I did some research. The data shows that it's very safe. Yeah, it's a pretty safe procedure. I had someone who also loves me very much say, why don't you just keep going? You have you know, done so well without surgery. And the story would be so much better if you don't have the surgery. You'll be the hero of the story. And it makes me think, does having surgery make me wimpier? You know, like what? Yeah, totally (laughs) reworking your innards. It's not that heroic. (laughs) The truth of the matter is 95% of people with obesity who lose a significant amount of weight regain the weight that they lose. Right. Period. Full stop. End of story. And I've been there, done that. I've lost 80 pounds, regained it, and then some. I'm never doing that again. And so with bariatric surgery, my odds of success go way up. With gastric bypass, which is the surgery that I would have to have, only 20% regain it. I would say for me now, as your friend, 
the thought of you regaining all the weight plus some literally just makes me want to cry. Yeah. Oh, God. It terrifies me. Yeah, that can never happen. I had another loved one say, having the surgery basically forces you to starve yourself. It's going to force you to make the decision, everything you put into your mouth, is this good for me? Is Mm -hmm. this what my body needs? So it's not about starving. It's about prioritizing. Every piece of food is going to be an important decision. Mm. Yeah. There are so many judgments about using medication to lose weight or having surgery to lose weight. And it's really a no-win situation. If you are fat, then you should be ashamed of yourself and you need to fix it. But no, no, don't fix it like that. If you have bariatric surgery, that's the easy way out. It's impossible to fit into everyone's standards. And no one understands that it's all about genetics. Some people can get away with eating anything and people say, oh, you're so lucky to have those genes. I personally... Every single chocolate chip I've ever had, I'm still carrying either the physical weight or the stretch mark to prove that it used to be there. Mm -hmm. But nobody says to me, it's terrible that you had these genes. I am Mm -hmm. blamed and shamed for being fat. It's my fault. So when I think about how people have reacted to me saying I'm thinking of bariatric surgery, it's all wrapped up in fear that something is going to go wrong or judgments about what it means to have bariatric surgery, or that I should be able to just white knuckle this and do it in quotes on my own, which is hilarious because no one can do this for me. It's going to have to be me every single day, no matter whether I have surgery or take medication or not, no matter which way I do it. There is no easy way out of this. How has losing 103 pounds changed your life? My main thing is mobility. The next time you go to the grocery store, pick up a 40-pound bag of dog food, and then imagine strapping one of those to your chest, another one to your back, and half a one on top of your head. That would be 100 pounds, which is what I've lost. I actually have a total about 200 pounds to lose, or almost. So then imagine two dog food bags strapped to your chest, two to your back, and a whole one on your head, and then live your life. Yeah. Get out of bed. Have dreams for yourself. Walk your dogs. Exercise at least 40 minutes a day. Strap that on and go get a doctoral degree. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Do fantastic things while carrying around all this extra weight. So I have so much compassion for the Joy who did not feel like exercising every day because it was so amazing that I was able to accomplish all that I did and that I was able to move around as much as I did with all of that extra weight. So like I would say that is the biggest change is just when I walk my dogs, when I'm gardening, oh, when I'm gardening, mm. I love gardening. In the past, I would, every time I bent over, feel so dizzy, feeling like I was going to pass out. I almost did pass out a couple of times. And I didn't realize that was because of my size or fitness level. I just thought this was like a normal experience. And now... I can plant gardens and it could be a hundred degrees outside. And as long as I drink enough water and wear a little hat on my head, I'm good. Like no dizziness, no fainting. That is so much freedom. I'm also so excited about hiking. I would laugh like, ha ha hiking. That's not my thing. But actually I really love being in nature. I love walking. I've walked two to three miles every single day. And I love it so much. I feel so strong. I have good balance. And I was so afraid always of any kind of downhill 
thing because I felt like I was going to tip over. Right. You know, so I think that's the biggest change. I don't think I ever knew you were afraid of tipping over. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Several years ago, I literally did fall and rearrange my face. I mean, and so I've really lived with a lot of anxiety. I was always very afraid of falling over. How do you think losing even more weight is going to affect your life? You know, I think it's going to affect me in so many ways that I can't even imagine, but I can't wait to see who I am without this struggle. Who am I going to be if moving around isn't painful? You know, I have so much more energy after losing a hundred pounds. I can't even imagine what's possible a hundred pounds from now, like the level of energy that I'm going to have. I can only imagine the things that you're going to do. I'm along for the ride. I know. Highly mobile joy. Ooh, tiny joy. Tiny joy. She exists. I can't wait to meet Tiny Joy. It's hard to believe she's in there. She is. (laughs) You've lost 103 pounds with the help of Manjaro. Yep. Why would you do the surgery when you're doing so well? Well, there's a lot of factors. The first thing is that I have the condition of your esophagus that puts you at a very high risk for esophageal cancer that is caused by long-term exposure to acid reflux or heartburn. And... Gastric bypass actually prevents any further acid exposure to the esophagus. That will greatly reduce my risk of developing esophageal cancer, which for me is like the number one thing that keeps me putting one foot in front of the other toward having surgery. The other thing is that I have a hiatal hernia. So no matter what, I have to have a surgery. I have to take the risk of being on the operating table and that particular surgery, whether I have gastric bypass or not, requires weeks of a liquid diet. So may as well do the gastric bypass while I'm in there. The other thing is that, yes, the Manjaro has helped me a lot. About halfway through this, I started developing itchy, red, bumpy rash at the injection site. And I'm concerned that that reaction will get worse over time, as allergic reactions often do. So how long am I really going to be able to depend on this medicine? And as far as everyone knows right now, I would have to stay on it for life. The other thing is that insurance companies hate covering this medicine. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to have coverage for this medicine. So unfair. There is no treatment for obesity covered under my insurance plan and most insurance plans in the United States of America. They would rather pay for all of the consequences of obesity. Absolutely. And this medication is like 10 times more expensive here in the United States than it is anywhere else in the world. It seems like a bad investment to trust my health with insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies. So having bariatric surgery feels like taking my health into my own hands. What do you think the cons are of doing the surgery? You know, a big thing is that this is not going to fix it forever. After two to three years, the major effects of the surgery kind of wear off. I'm a little nervous about the whole regain issue and the fact that this is not a silver bullet. This is just another step in the process of my lifelong management of this condition that I have of obesity. Mm-hmm. So that makes me anxious. Sure. I'm anxious about just the judgments of other people. I can let go of that enough to make a decision for myself, but who wants to walk around feeling shamed for such a major choice? And for me, which feels like a very brave choice. It is um, a very brave choice. For people to dismiss me as like, this was the easy way out feels terrible because this is so hard. I'm going to do all of this work to lose 200 pounds. And then am I not going to get credit for doing that? Do you think they're going to not give you credit? I'm worried about that. Yeah. Like, well, she lost all that weight, but she had surgery, you know, like 
I don't get credit for doing the work that it takes. I hate so much the thought of you feeling like you're not going to get credit. You it's so it weird to me that you're surprised by that. Oh, because if you would ask me, is there anything that I would be willing to make such an extreme sacrifice for? I don't know if I could be brave enough to do it. Right. So don't look at it like it's the easy way. But so many people do. I know. It's not about other people. Right. And I know that cognitively, but it's just lurking there. Just something else to work on. So you have talked about your major fear being my psychological readiness. And I have gone back and forth on this decision. You went back and forth on this decision. I didn't go back and forth. I've slowly moved from hell no to yes, I think you should do it. Just these questions, you asking me the pros and cons of doing the surgery make me really feel like the answer is very clear. I'm really scared, but I do think I'm going to do this. I think you should. And I literally think that until they put the mask on my face, I'm going to be saying, do I really need to do this? (laughs) Are you ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for helping me make this decision. You're the most amazing friend. Not only have you been my shepherd in the healing Mm. process and my guide and my best friend, but you've also been my witness. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have seen every side of me. Like literally there's nothing you don't know. And you love me anyway. I do love you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that Mm -hmm. what we all want in life? To be seen and understood. Well, thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. I'm so proud of the things you've already done. I can't wait to see what happens. Me too. So you've heard me decide to do it. Two weeks after this recording was made, I had gastric bypass surgery. Here is just a bit of what the experience was like going into surgery and in the first few days after. Be on the lookout for season two to hear all of this learning put into action and to see what life is like when you allow your body to completely transform. It is the night before surgery. I took a walk this evening with my youngest son. I took my shower. I packed my bag. I meditated. And all the while, I've been reflecting on how grateful I am. I feel like I'm on the cusp of a monumental shift in my life. I feel alive with the possibilities. For my future. I'm so excited, actually. I've been afraid up till now, but tonight this peace has taken over me and I feel just grateful and excited. And I can't believe it's finally here and I'm going to do this for myself. And my life is about to change drastically. And I can't wait. I can't wait. So here I am in the hospital. Surgery was 24 hours ago. I don't want to scare anybody away from doing this because I know that this part is going to be so quick and temporary and that it's going to be worth it. I already know that it's worth it, but I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. I keep thinking about this being the easy way out in so many people's minds. And I just promise you there's nothing about this that's easy. 
And I keep reassuring myself by thinking, you have to choose your heart. It's also really hard to live in an obese body that I was doing the best I could, but I was in a lot of pain and my life was very limited. That was really hard. It was really hard to be on medication and lose weight the other way that I was doing it. And this is really hard. But I think this is easier than living a life where pain is every day, all the time. So I had a couple of little complications that have made this a little more difficult. I didn't react well to the anesthesia. In spite of the various nausea medications they gave me, I was still vomiting and heaving a lot after my surgery all day yesterday and into the night. Apparently they blow up your abdomen with air. They take out as much of it as they can when it's over, but there's still some that gets trapped in small places. I've had laparoscopic procedures before, and I've never felt anything like the gas pain that's coming along with this one. And it's shooting and sharp, and it feels sometimes like a knife. Because I couldn't start the walking yesterday, the gas has just been sitting in there. Because every time I stood up, I got nauseated and would heave. Which you could imagine after having your esophagus and stomach cut and moved, that heaving hurts really bad. And also very anxiety-provoking. I was so afraid the worst was happening. So anyway, I didn't get to walk around and get this gas moving. So today it's really, really painful. Yesterday I was also really afraid of taking any pain medication, so I denied their offers for pain medications because I didn't want to be nauseated. But I finally agreed to a pain pill this morning, and I'm feeling a little more comfortable. I'm also having a little bleeding in one of the spots where they sutured me. So they're watching that. My blood work was good. All my labs were good. So that means the bleeding is not so severe that it's causing me any major problems. It's just a little concerning. So I'm dealing with all those things and I'm really afraid of going home to my kids in any pain. I don't want them to see me suffering. That's really important to me. I'm also struggling to drink enough water for them to let me go home. I have to drink at least four ounces an hour, but any little sip of water feels very much like pressure. I really hate being a patient. I hate complaining about pain. I don't like people worrying about me either. I'm so used to taking care of other people that even just that, I can't stand. So I'm really looking forward to being on my feet, feeling better. It is day three post-op. I am home, I have gotten past the little bumps that I had in the road, and I definitely feel like I'm on the upswing of this. There's still a little bloating and discomfort, but nothing too terrible. Being in this situation has caused me to reflect a lot about what I'm grateful for in my life, what I still want to do with my life. This is hard, but nothing is really easy about life, and this definitely has not been the easy way out. Surgery was exactly five days ago. I'm just starting my sixth day post-op and boy, it's just a world of difference. Right now, my biggest challenge is drinking enough and getting enough protein into my clear liquid diet, but I only have two more days like this and then I can add creamier liquids like strained cream soups and I think pudding and things like that. So I'm very excited to be able to drink protein shakes, and I think this will get a lot easier once I can add that. I'm doing so much better with 
just my outlook physically, you know, I'm much more comfortable. I think that the beginning of this is really, really hard and that people don't talk about it a lot because it goes so quickly. You forget how hard those first couple of days are because it really is only a couple of days and then you get on with life. I'm not ready to go back to work yet, but I could if I had to. They tell you to take off of work for about a week and I think that's really wise because really it takes all of your energy to make sure that you're drinking enough and getting enough protein. And I think that's so important. I want to stay strong. I don't want to lose the muscle that I've worked so hard to gain over the past year. Getting enough protein in and getting enough fluids and staying hydrated will help prevent any complications. So I think that's super important and it's taking all of my focus. Although you are going to be a little more tired from the lack of calories and from recovering from surgery, so you do need some rest more than usual. They also want you moving around. So I love that I can do little things to clean up around my house. I'm about to go outside to water my flowers. Nothing major, but I like that freedom to be able to move a little bit. So overall, not too bad. Feeling great. Very optimistic that this is going to get just exponentially better each day. As I've been reviewing these recordings and reflecting on this experience, I'm so curious about how this is going to go. As I'm on this quest to find Tiny Joy and figure out what her life is going to be like, I'm so curious about all these things we've talked about. Am I going to be able to feel safe in the world if I weigh 150 or 135 pounds or whatever it is? How am I going to manage that? What is life going to be like without food to turn to for my emotional support? I can tell you now that just this one week with a clear liquid diet has been really hard. I am not hungry by any stretch of the imagination, but I literally had a dream about eating some sort of hors d'oeuvre that had melted cheese on it. (laughs) Like I miss food. My son made popcorn last night and I just wanted to run through the house screaming like, no way. How could you do this to me? It's it's hard living without food, and I look forward to incorporating food back into my life, but it's never going to be the same as it was. It's never going to be the same. I trust myself to get through that and to manage it well and to take care of myself. I really do, and I'm very curious. How is that going to feel? What am I going to learn about myself through that process? I'm curious about how dating will change, about how men's reactions to me will change. As I've gotten older, plus being a big girl, I feel invisible. Men don't hold the door open for me. They don't offer to help me the way that they did when I was younger and smaller. And is that going to change? And how am I going to feel about that? I'm very curious to know how this is going to affect my children. I'm so curious to know how they're going to react to my new shape and size and to my new relationship with food. You know, my house was literally like where you come to get a big, warm, comfy hug from your fluffy mom and where you can get a belly full of delicious home-cooked food and bring home extra snacks and all of that. And that's changing. And I want to know how that's going to affect my family. How is it going to feel to move around the world at just over a third of the size that I've been my whole adult life? How long will it take me to see my body as it really is? What is it going to feel like to summit a mountain on my own two feet, to be able to sit down and get up off the ground with ease? 
to fulfill my ultimate dream, my hundredth reason to lose over a hundred pounds, to jump into someone's arms in a moment of joy and celebration. I have spent a lifetime hating this body. I have learned to love it and care for it at every size, and now I'm going to discover just what it can do for me when I give it everything it needs and little of what it doesn't. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey. There is so much about the fat experience that is misunderstood, not talked about, avoided, and the decision about how to manage obesity, which is a chronic health condition, is a huge and very personal decision. My reason for sharing this with the world is that I want people who live in larger bodies to hear themselves in my experience, to know that they are lovable, to know that this isn't their fault, and that they deserve medical help beyond being told to diet and exercise, that there are people who care, who understand, and who can help them. I want people who live in thin bodies to really see us, to have more compassion, to know how to talk to us about it. I want all people to shut down fat shaming, to recognize that making fun of fat people or even criticizing their own bodies is really damaging to individuals and to humanity as a whole. How amazing would it be if my daughter Ellie's vision for children would come true, that they are all told and believe that all kinds of bodies are okay and beautiful and acceptable to live in. Ultimately, I hope this podcast has helped someone out there who has similar struggles or has helped someone on their journey to health and self-love. And I hope that it has helped foster communication and connection between loved ones who are maybe having these conversations now for the first time. I look forward to being with you again soon in season two, as we find out what is on the other side of all this weight loss. I cannot wait. We will find so much beauty, so much change, so many surprises. We will see this rebirth the rebirth of joy as a new, more capable, confident person who is even stronger and who is not limited by her size and who most definitely did not take the easy way out. I can't wait. I just can't wait. The Easy Way Out is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by me, Dr. Joy Bracey, Nat Mundell, and Dan Benamore. Samantha Barifaldi is our technical producer and editor. Our theme music is by Durlis Gonzalez. You can find my self-love and weight loss content on social media at Dr. Joy Bracey at D-R-J-O-Y-B-R-A-C-E-Y. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can support it by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, by subscribing for future episodes, and by sharing with your friends. I'm not a medical doctor, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice or as mental health counseling or advice. These are my personal experiences and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Voyage Media. Thank you for listening.